remember, the money you are owed by your clients is your money. What could you do with it if it was in your bank account rather than their business? Because we all know to grow a business, it takes cash. And we often forget about that when we get carried away with revenue and profitability. But actually, we all know cash is king. In this next podcast with Mickey Kinton, we talk about how to get money into your business quicker. Because we know that if you've got that in your business, you can build infrastructure, you can do things faster. And with raising of interest rates, with rising costs, with rising inflation, with the cutback on the loans, actually having money in your business is essential to your growth at this stage. So one of the things that Nikki really talks about is reminding you that it's your money once you've provided that service or that good. But often we forget to chase it up. So take away some points from this podcast. And I would say the key is, how can you get your money in faster? Because the faster you get it in, the more you can do with your business, the less worry you have at the end. Listen as you go through it. Think about what actions you can take. Come back to me, phil at hickneyamconsult.com or feel free to reach out to Nikki. The details are in the podcast show notes. Enjoy the show. And once as I always say, if there's other people you believe who could benefit from this, please feel free to send them. Give us a rating on this podcast. Not many people do that, but I know that that's the way we get found. But also, if you have any questions or comments, come back to me, phil at hickneyamconsult.com. But most importantly, enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Sparks Begging podcast. I'm Phil Rose, your host, and today I'm delighted to be joined by Nikki Kinton. Uh, Nikki and I met through LinkedIn, which is always a good place to find and work with other people you've met but not met before who can do different things to you. When I met Nikki, she introduced herself as the person who can help businesses get paid on time. And I thought that's interesting because from my perspective as a scaling up coach, I work on strategy, execution and people. And I work with other people who do the cash piece. But for me, it's been one of the weaker areas for me, especially calling in debts. So I'm delighted to talk to Nikki today to find out a bit about some of the things that I probably need to be taking on board, as well as listeners to this podcast. So Nikki, welcome to the Sparks Breaking podcast. Well, thank you very much for having me. So tell me about it. Helping people get paid or business get paid. I think it's interesting because we all know as business owners, that's one of the prime things we set up our businesses for. But what stops people getting paid in the first place? Fear. Ooh. Fear. So we are taught um, a lot about the value of relationships. Um, and we, um, um, when we're first starting out, particularly, a sale is, is like the holy grail. Um, mm. So uh, when you find it, you want to grab it and hang on to it and do what you, you know, and, and, and hug, it, hug it tight. Yeah. But actually, um, we can get in our own way um, at that point because we, we, we find that uh, we will say yes to anything mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. without considering the impact that that could have on our business. And so what we find is that we, we put the client before our own business. Yeah. Um, so what we're doing there is um, saying um, in this whole uh, sort of ethos of the customer is always right. So in order to make the sale, we will, you know, um, acquiesce on our terms we will give them longer to pay we we might you know um uh, let them have discounts that they're sort of pressing for we we might even you know think about uh all the extra delivery they're asking for and do it for no extra charge and we do all of this because Mm. we're in this mindset that the customer is always right and we don't want to lose the customer yeah um and actually all of that it, it comes out to the you know in the to the detriment of our own business a lot of the time and so then when the customer doesn't pay 
on time when you expect them to, that becomes a bit of a shock to us yeah. because we've done everything that we thought we needed to do to win them mm. over. Mm. And then they still don't do what they said they were going to do. Yeah. yeah. And then we think, oh, well, you know, actually, where's my next sale coming from? I don't want to ask them yeah. for the money in case I upset them. That's interesting. Interesting. So it's all about mindset. And, and it's interesting because as a coach, I always say to people I work in what I call, I just compartmentalize and say three boxes. Box one is about the content in your business. It's what's not, what's not happening. It's the sales or it's the marketing. Box two is the context behind why those things aren't happening. And a lot of business owners want me to deal with that. But the key difference I bring to business owners is actually working box three, which is about the beliefs and the values and the mindset that we've got. So I love that you've gone straight into that box there, because that's the bit where the real magic happens as a coach, because I know I can only help someone unlock their business by unlocking what's in their mind in the first place. And, and I often describe myself as a software engineer for the mind because I'm an engineer by background. And I say, actually, as an engineer, I would update the software on an aircraft engine or if I, you know, as we all have our phones that update regularly. But how often have we left our software running from our history, 1970s in my case, when actually we need to be updating our software to what needs to go on today. So in some ways, that thing about fear, that's the key. We're all business owners. We're here to make money and do good as well. But if we're not getting the money in the first place, we can't bring our magic and be benefit to the world. So a lot to be behind, behind that. So, so from your perspective in that case, fear, fear sits there. But obviously, if I looked in my box one, it's, you know, we're not getting cash in the door. Let's just go back to basics. What's the problems that you see for businesses not getting cash in the door? And I know it sounds a really obvious question, but what's the, what's the thing that happens? Well, it's not as obvious as you think, actually. So um, a lot of businesses, when they're, when the customers are paying them late, they believe that late payment is their problem. But late payment is actually just a symptom that there is something not happening much earlier on in that relationship. Um, okay. And there, there are a number of um, sort of processes and things that can be done, tools that can be used, right from that moment that you receive that inquiry, all the way through the different stages of that sale yeah. right through to getting paid for it um, and if yeah. something's missing in that in in that uh, sort of process in mm. that flow um then that can be why you're being paid late it's not yeah. always sometimes you've done everything right and the client's circumstances change or they just never had any intention of paying you in the first place and you didn't manage to uncover that in those processes yeah um, that's interesting isn't it because I'm thinking you know, from, from looking at the clients that I've worked with over the last 16 years of running my business and then in the small business I've worked with before um, I work with a mix of clients I work with with some very large multinationals with thousands and thousands of employees and I work with small five to ten person businesses um, typically I never have a problem with the big businesses because they always pay but they typically pay on their terms 30 or 60 days whatever the number is um, Small businesses, it's a bit more, a bit more ad hoc. But I know I, I write on my invoice, it says, you know, payment within, and I think it says at the moment 14 days, just so how much I pay attention to it. I think it says 14 days, but I couldn't be sure. So how do you get that balance between the, the big business saying, we'll pay you in 30 to 60 days or longer in some cases, and the small business where we're trying to be more partnering with that organisation? It's all, it's all about conversations and relationships. So it's communication is the big thing. So one of the things that we don't do enough of as small businesses is push back again to those bigger businesses who say no our process is this yeah. um i think what we need to be doing is asking questions to understand why and understand that process 
So um, as, as, a big, as a business uh, grows, it clearly segments roles um, and, um, and that's all to protect them from the risk of, you know, fraud and various other things that might, misappropriation that might go on. Yeah. Um, and then they have a, a process, they will have a process for the issuing of payment. Um, and, you know, you might be talking to a buyer who's dealing with it, but it's then got to go through accounts and then go to somebody in management to authorise it. So all of that takes time. It's mm. so much different from those of us that are, you know, solo and micro business owners that can pick up a mobile phone and and log into a banking app and hey presto, there's the payment. Yeah, yeah. So it's understanding the process, um, yeah. then actually asking and trying to negotiate: is there any leeway on on that for you? You know, for you, and explaining why that's important to you. Oh, I think we've. You know, it, this a good client means that there is a, a two-way relationship. So, if you can explain why it's important to you, and if they're prepared to listen, they may, you know, they may give, you know, mm-hmm. give give something in return for, um, you know, that either taking longer terms, or they might be able to, you know, shorten them just a little bit for you. That's interesting. But the other thing to think, remember is, is if they say, no, it's it's our way or the highway. That's your choice. Interesting. Yeah, of course. We have a choice. We could choose not to work with them if that doesn't fit our model of what we need to be doing. Yes, absolutely. And the reason we don't, again, is because we're not sure where the next client is coming from or where, you know, it's too big an opportunity to pass up. Mm -hmm. Um, But then we have to think, you know, okay, if we make a conscious choice to allow that, how does that impact on our cash flow? And do we have enough other business trickling through yeah. Um, on those shorter terms to accommodate the business needs while we wait for that payment from that big big client. Yeah, that's fascinating, isn't it? So, so there's a couple of things in there for me. One is we first of all making a choice that we want to work with that organisation. And again, as small business owners, often people choose to work with the business because they think, oh, it's a good big business. It will give me good steady cash flow or feed me in the future. But actually, there's some implications of that in terms of the amount of time it takes up, but also the, the, the cash flow issues of not getting money in in your normal time period yeah. um, and, and having to go through the accounting process or the finance process to get that money in sometimes could be more difficult as well. There's, there's also another risk. If, if that one client accounts for too much of your potential turnover, actually, that, that's another risk to your business. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you need to make sure that it's it's balanced and that you say you have enough of other business coming through so that if they switch off the tap your business doesn't fail because of that yeah and that's very true isn't it and again we all we all know that instinctively but often we get stuck into that model and we actually end up jumping into a relationship thinking it's a good business but actually soon sooner or later we can end up being beholden to that company for all our income going forwards Mm. interesting isn't it so so there's a couple of things there around mindset again you mentioned about choice you mentioned about fear and that mindset initially so as, a, as business owners, I know when I set up my first business in um, 2004, I worked with a wonderful sales trainer called Marcus. And Marcus taught me a lot of things about sales. That I, I still use today, 17, 18, gosh, yeah, 17 years later, which shocks me when I say that. Um, and one thing Marcus drilled into me from his sales process was as a sales person, which I was at the end, of, I'm trying to sell my business without services, um, to go into a relationship um, or initially with a view of, I'm financially independent. I do not need the business. And his view was, if you kept saying that to yourself, you're not going to get sucked into needing to do it. And his view was, you go for the no. Because every for every 10 
calls you make, you might get nine no's, but you'll get one yes. So you're closer to that step. But there's a key mindset piece there for me, which, you know, whether you believe that I'm financially independent, I don't need the business, that might destroy things. But that was his, his man- mantra he used to talk about. And, and again, it must have had an influence on me because 16, 17 years later, I'm still thinking that way. Um, but what it did, it meant you, that you weren't going to suddenly jump into having to pick up on every relationship and you'd have conversations. But having said that, I still don't question the terms that companies give me and I look at the terms that are on my invoices, and again, they probably haven't changed for many years now. So there's a few things there, I think, in that mindset of how do we do things. And the key bit I want to come back to there, you mentioned about process, because actually it's all about having the processes in place and agreeing how you do things up front. So what do you typically see when you go into a, a small business that you work with? Um, what type of processes do they typically have in place at the time? And what do you do to, do to improve those processes? So uh, the first point to note is typically nothing is written down. Right. So what, whatever they're doing, it, they're, it, it's whilst they may feel they have a process, everybody is essentially winging it because they're doing their own version of what they think should be happening. Um, and very often as well, what I see is that so there is no um, formal um, criteria for accepting a client. There's no formal onboarding process potentially. Um, it, they might have some processes around um, if they need to do you know, site visits or if they need to do um, uh, have a, um, an onboarding or you know, startup sort of session and conversation. Mm. But then when it comes through to the sort of invoicing and credit control, um, invoicing in some of the businesses I work into, invoicing is done when somebody's got a moment. Yeah. <laughs> um, or it might well be done on, you know, it might well be done uh, on a on a on a regular basis yeah. um, at, at the very least, but it um, but again, it's not it's not formalised into how it's done. And the credit control is generally you know, done as and when somebody has time to do something. Yeah. And I see a lot of reliance on sending out statements and automated reminders um, rather than you know the relationship building stuff, which is picking up the phone. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, and and that's because they're easy and they don't have to think about them. Yeah, it, it, it's really interesting, isn't it? That thing about automated reminders. I've just moved across from my own business to zero recently, um, and of course, it you can set up a box there to do that automated reminders. But what I'm hearing there is it's actually the relationship build piece which is the key because I could rely on zero sending out that statement or that reminder. But actually, it should be about me, the individual, picking up the phone and have it, or somebody in credit control picking up that phone, having a conversation. Yeah. So the reminders do have a place. They are they are they are a good tool. Um, but like any tool, you know, tools that's part of a, a wider toolkit, mm-hmm. and you need all of those tools to actually, you know, do the work. So, um, and some people, particularly if the reason it's late paying is just purely an admin and time thing, those reminders can be very useful in just, oh, oh yeah, and, and they'll get on and do it. And yeah. so actually, it, you know, the, an initial reminder is a good way to weed out those ones that just need just needed that nudge, really. Yeah, um, but they but re- relying on them um, is is a, a flawed policy. It's just a flaw, you know, it's a, because because people ignore them and they'll get used to them coming out and they'll see the same reminder coming out time after time. Um, and it, and, and if there is a problem with what you're doing, then actually they won't, um, 
you know, they, they, they won't be able to communicate that to you. They're not going to volunteer information yeah. necessarily. You've got to so dig by, in. By having the conversation, you need, to, yeah, you need to have that work so you can dig and ask further questions and find yeah. out more. That's interesting. So, so there's a couple of thoughts going through my head there, actually. You know, a lot of small businesses, um, it's typically the owner does the invoicing. Uh, and again, I, I think when I, back in 2001, I was working for a small four-man business. Um, the owner sat upstairs and each one of us account managers had to do our own invoicing um, and, and we had to do our own credit control. Mm -hmm. And that became an issue because, of course, I was doing the work back then and I was then have to do the invoicing and do the credit control piece. And I didn't call it credit control. We just, uh, when somebody shouted we didn't have enough money in the bank account, we'd pick up the phone to find out where we get money in. But there was a big mindset then in terms of do you damage the relationship by saying, I need my money. So how, again, without just come back to the fear, what's the thing we can do to help business owners deal with that and get over themselves? Because <laughs> as you said, you know, you're getting in your way. How do we get over ourselves and call them up? So it's all about being prepared. And, and the big thing is remembering it's your money. So, you know, so uh, the fact of the, that your money is sitting in somebody else's bank account and mm. not in your business and helping your business to grow um, should be something that you would want to change. Yeah. Um, so you can still ask for the money without ruining the relationship. I always um, advocate that credit control is just another opportunity to build the relationship. It's about this, the way you go about it. Um, mm. And one of the key things is before you call, make sure you're prepared. Okay. So make sure that you understand what you're asking for and the outcome that you want. Um, okay. So be very clear to, with yourself on um, you know, what has happened in the past. So what activity has gone on in the past yeah. um, surrounding this invoice or previous invoices that might have a bearing on you know, why it's not been paid. Um, so ha has there been a query? Has it been dealt with efficiently? Was the, you know, was the customer happy about the outcome of that? Um, were there any issues with delivery that you, you know, dealt with at the time, but they might mm. bring up and throw it in your face again sort of thing. So all of these types of things you need to think about so that you are mentally prepared to deal with those sorts of questions. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, then think about the language that you, you okay. use. Um, so um, I don't know if you've ever heard of transactional analysis. Yeah, okay, tell me so, what I have, but yeah, so this, going. This, this whole idea of parent, child and adult. Yeah. So if you go in demanding, you know, being very demanding and saying, why haven't you paid me, blah, 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 you're in parent mode, they're going to go straight into, into child mode and, and sort of stomp their foot and, and be quite sort of indignant about the whole thing, um, throw their little tantrum. Whereas if you go in sensibly as an adult, say, you know, why you're calling um, yeah. and why, you know, it's important that you get this resolved and why, you know, yeah, um, yeah, how can we resolve it together? Yeah, um, yeah. That's, so it's a collaborative thing. But, and also to remember that, um, you know, this is um, you're, you're having a conversation with a, with with an, another person who's probably in the same boat as you, but with other other clients. So actually, have some em there's some you know you can build some empathy there as well. Yeah, love that, love that. Really interesting in terms of linking that back to TA because I think it's interesting. It's you know at that parent to child relationship and, and people would easily jump back into that and i take your point there if we're ringing saying why haven't you paid me it puts someone straight into that child mode and therefore they're going to kick back on it whereas mm -hmm. actually if you can have that adult to adult conversation 
there's a better conversation. I love the point there, you know, you're preparing up front, you're dealing with any thoughts in your head, you know, in terms of the same way as you go into a sales process, think about objections you might come up against, but think about the process. And then thinking about um, that question, you know, telling people why I'm calling and then looking at how you want to resolve it together if there's an issue there. But the other bit you mentioned there is just asking about, you know, what is it about the work? Is there, is get some feedback on the value people are getting from the work in the first place as well, because that can be really beneficial to build in the ongoing relationship as well. Well, and also if they if they come back to you and say, yeah, it was really good, we really enjoyed working with you, then that's a that that's a really lead in to say, okay, so what what is preventing you from making payment right now? If you were ha- you know you you were happy with it, so yeah. what 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 is preventing you from making payment right now? Yeah, yeah. Um, and 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 the you know the answer you should get is if they're really happy with it, it's either nothing or that's when they'll come out with they've got their own cash flow issues mm-hmm. and therefore you need to then go into negotiation mode to say right you know what what solution do we have to make sure that we both you know can uh, yeah. uh, can move this forward i love that it's love about that. taking the emotion out of it because when we as business owners we it's our money we're emotionally invested but all this preparation mm-hmm. um and thought process behind it is about taking the emotion out of it so that it becomes just a conversation about a situation the facts um and you know and the relationship love that love that i want to go back slightly actually because you mentioned something just now which I, I didn't pick up on you said remember it's your money and it's needed in your business it's better to be in your business account because actually at the end of the day you've provided a service or provided the product and therefore there's an expectation that in return for that product or service you're going to be paid and rewarded for it and if the money's not in your account it's in someone else's but I have a phrase that we use in scaling up, which basically growth sucks cash. Because actually to grow any business, you need to put money into it. And yeah. we also know the, the mantra around cash, profit, and um, what's the phrase I'm thinking of there? Um, Turnover is vanity. Profit is sanity and cash is king. Cash is king, exactly. And I'm thinking there actually, we all look at our books at the end of each year when we get our accounts back in. We know the revenue, we know the profit. But it's the cash is the key bit, isn't it? In terms of what's the working capital? Where's the money sitting in your bank account? Because unless you've got that money there, you can't do anything with it. I can't grow a business on profit alone. I have to have cash in the bank. So so you quoted me a fact last time and and, and I had to go down and do this calculation myself um, just to to check your numbers because it was amazing when you told me that. So you talked about if if you have a 5 million revenue business and people were one day quicker paying. Could you just talk me through that? Because I think this is quite a fascinating piece. And it's it's numbers, but it's simple, and it really has a, a hard imp- hitting impact. Yeah. So one of one of the measures of how well you're um, you know, you're getting paid is is a measure called daily sales outstanding. Mm. And all that does is measure how much of your sales um, is is still outstanding in number of days. So how many days worth of sales have you got? Are you still waiting to be paid for? It's an average figure, but um, and if you were to reduce that down by one day and your business had a turnover of five million pounds, mm. you would have an extra thirteen and a half thousand pounds in your bank account. Well, wow. well, wow. to fund that growth in your business. Yeah. Simple as that, isn't it? So just by getting your cashing one day quicker gives you an extra thirteen and a half thousand pounds per day for you to do something with. Mm-hmm. And, and it's interesting i was talking to a business owner a client of mine the other day who runs a very small business and every month he needs to find a minimum of forty thousand pounds to pay his staff mm-hmm. and actually that thirteen and a half thousand pounds goes very quickly to paying some of that forty thousand pounds for him 
So actually, it's making those calls, getting that money in the bank, because then you can feed the mouths that are all dependent on you as business owner when you're growing a team. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a fascinating piece. And again, it's very simple, but actually the key there is actually getting in quicker, making the calls, getting your mindset right and calling people up. Um, so, so I think there's something there. Um, the other bit we talked about when we, were, when we were on the phone before, we were talking about um, this thing about people frightened when people say no to them. And it comes back to that bit you said at the beginning about setting the relationship up. So when we're coming into a relationship with a business owner, or sorry, with a business to do providing a service or selling a product to them, what I'm hearing from you there is actually we need to agree up front. Here's the service we're providing, but here's the terms and expectations we have around how we get paid. Yeah. Um, where, where can it go wrong? Where does that process go wrong? And what do we need to do as business owners to resolve that? Um, so I think very often um, when we just present the terms without a conversation. Yeah. Um, so we just send our terms and conditions out. We don't have a conversation. Um, and sometimes they will just be automatically accepted because you're dealing with, particularly if you're dealing with a slightly bigger business, you're dealing with a buyer. Yeah. And the buyer just wants the product or service. Um, it's accounts, it's, a, you know, it's finance that enforce the terms, generally speaking. So, so um, unless the buyer has told finance that he's agreed to something different to what their standard is, then finance are going to work on the basis of what the standard is, not what the buyer's agreed to. And the buyer probably hasn't even read the con- you know the contract properly, looked yeah, at the terms yeah. properly. Yeah. Um, now, some businesses are very good at making sure they read through everything and that they push back on anything that, that, that they feel isn't appropriate for their business. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would highly recommend that everybody, every business gets into that habit. Yeah. Um, and when, when a business push back, pushes back, that's not, um, that's not the end of the, of the negotiation. That's, that's the start of... Yeah, um, that's the start of, of having a conversation. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, again, it's about explaining why that's there for you, and why you need that there, and them explaining why it's not good for them, mm. and reaching a compromise if you can, mm. or standing your ground if if it really is that vital to you. And I think that's the key bit, isn't it? It's about about that conversation piece again. It's about the communication. So you're talking about what is it I want in a business relationship? Uh, and coming back to your bit that you start off this conversation with about where most business owners think that actually we have to put customer as king in everything they do. But actually what we're saying, let's build a better relationship. And it always comes back to that transactional analysis piece. That's actually, let's work adult to adult again to make sure that customers, they're, they're, they're human beings. We just work on a relationship point of view. And therefore, the better the conversation up front, the more appropriate it is to be able to say to them, we haven't been paid this month. What is it we need to do? And how do we agree those contract terms? And how do we make sure they flow through for everything we do as well? Yeah, absolutely That's, right. I love that. That's useful. Um, so, so tell me about, you must have worked with some great businesses over the time who get this right. Um, what, what does it feel like in this business? Because I think a lot of business owners, they can't, they can't relate to this being the case because of course for them they've got a small team or they have maybe a bookkeeper that comes in and just make sure the books are done properly what does it feel like when you work in a good business or a great business that you've seen that says do you know what they get this right and they get the money in and it all works so uh, i think um it, it's simplicity for a start so everything feels easy and i don't mean that in a you know sort of casual throwaway sort of um uh, way it's just because you've got a process uh decision making is simplified it's 
it's easy to do. Yeah. Everybody knows what their role is and how they fit into that decision-making process. Yeah. Um, and the relationships are such that you know, with your clients and within the team itself, depending on who's responsible. For so even if that's just you and your bookkeeper, yeah. um, you know, everybody knows um, their part to play and they all understand why it's important. Yeah. And building those relationships with the client gets easier when you, when you um, have that clarity. Yeah. But yeah. also, you know, it's not just about the prevention piece or the mindset piece, there's an element of keeping an eye out of what might happen in the future, because for all the will in the world, we're not going to stop bad things happening because high, you know, circumstances change. So we look at the economy, the way things, the economy is at the moment. So we've got interest, rising interest rates, rising inflation. We are, um, you know, the lenders are putting much more stringent lending criteria into their contracts. Yeah. Uh, things like the uh, recovery loan scheme is coming to an end, potentially, um, that might get extended, but, uh, you know, grants have run out, bounce back loans have run out, all of these. So, so businesses who we think at the moment are doing okay may yeah. not be doing okay in a few months' time. And so things do change. And it's about, you know, if you feel confident that you've got the tools there to spot the warning signs early enough that you can then, again, it's about conversations, get back in there and start talking to them and say, you know, we're noticing this. You know, if you've built that relationship up enough, they will be honest with you and you can mm -hmm. be honest with them mm -hmm. and, and, um, and decide how to take the relationship forward under that new sort of yeah. balance, if you like. I think that's interesting, isn't it? Just, just as you reflect on those points there, interest rates going up, inflation going up, more stringent lending criteria, recovery loans ending, bounce back loans ending. We've got wage inflation. I was talking to, to a, a personal trainer recently, I know, and she's, she's concerned because she's not put her prices up for the last 10 years. Now, it seems a long time, and she's working out now, how do I put my prices up for my clients? Because she's worried about losing those clients. But I then reflected on my accountant. And Greg, if you're listening to this, you know it's you. Uh, Greg's done really well over the last few years because every year my fee goes up by a small percentage every month. And I just accept it because I know they do a good service. If I question it, he explains why it is. And actually, when we talk about it, you know, everything's going up. But the key here is that at this stage in time, everybody's being squeezed. Therefore, we need to get cash in the door quicker and in a better way, because then we can maximise our ability to grow in the future, is the message I'm hearing what you've just said there. Absolutely right. And, you know, when we're being selective about our customers, obviously, mm. we want to make sure that we are going to be trading with customers who are likely to be around to pay us in the future. Very true. Yeah, very true, isn't it? Because actually, then we've got a better relationship and it saves some work and time for us and we can do our best work for them. I will yeah. also say that also applies, applies to your suppliers. Um, because you want, if you've got somebody, particularly if you're in, in a distribution sort of uh, model where you're supplying a product that you get from elsewhere, mm. you need to make sure that that product is still going to be available so you can keep supplying your clients. Yeah, very true, because otherwise your business has no legs to work on either, actually. So you're actually beholden to that supplier. So it's interesting, isn't it? So actually it works for all of us to make sure that we're getting cash in the door quicker. And actually at the end of the day, that flow of cash through society is what, what drives society in the first place. GB, GDP is all driven by the speed the money moves through the society. Yeah. Um, and therefore in businesses, actually getting money in upfront, getting money in early, as you said, 
5 million turnover business, 13,500 per day in the business bank account quicker, actually improves the way you can make the business work. Mm-hmm. So fascinating. So, so there's lots of things there. So there's, in terms of processes, a lot of small businesses, and I do a lot of work with this from a scaling up perspective, we want businesses to become more processed. A lot of people push back on that, say, no, no, we just do things the way we do it because it's a nice, easy business. But you and I know that the best businesses have processes in place. Mm-hmm. They've got a formal way of doing it. So it doesn't just reside with me, the business owner. Actually, someone else can step into this business and it runs. Yeah. Uh, and we know that, as you said earlier, that um, having processes, seeing the best businesses, it makes it simple, decision-making simple. Um, it's all about communication as well. So the keys I'm hearing is, why wouldn't we do all of this? Because actually, it's a no-brainer in that sense. We should be getting money and we should be making these phone calls. We should. Um, and there's a certain element of um, you don't know what you don't know. So from, from you know, uh, most business owners know that at some point they're going to have to do some marketing. Yeah. They know that, that at some point, you know, they're going to have to do some sales work um, as well as the delivery. They know that they're going to need an accountant and because they're going to have to sort out year end accounts and mm. things like that or their taxes. Um, they might even know that, you know, if they've got people in, they're going to have to get some help with HR or something like that. But what they don't know is actually that they could be doing anything different um, with their credit control and the credit management side of things. They, they, They accept that I need to give people time to pay in order to make a sale. Uh, so that means then I need to have, you know, I need to chase for payment when they don't pay me on time. And that's that that's about the size of what people understand credit to, you know, business credit, trade credit to be. Yeah. Um, so the, the, this, um, that the first piece then is that education piece about well, what else could I be doing? What yeah. could I be doing differently? Yeah. And then once once they understand that there is an element of, oh, but that requires me to invest some time and some money into making that happen um, and I don't have that time right now because all my time is spent chasing for payments yeah yeah um, and so actually it, it it's about potentially having a little bit of a short-term pain yeah. where you've got to put some extra time and invest some extra money in the business either you know doing it yourself uh, or get it by getting somebody somebody else in to help you to do it mm. to get all of that in place but once it's in place as you know with any process once it's in place um, providing that process has been put together um properly and is fit, yeah. fit for purpose it will actually speed everything up and then you'll be spending a lot less time at the back end of all of that doing the chasing and then that takes away the worry the sleepless nights yeah. the you know the, cons- the the sort of the frustrations and the emotions that go with those frustrations yeah. you know? so you know it is about a bit of short-term pain for a longer term gain yeah i hear that i hear that loudly and actually that bit you said just now as well is key you know as business owners we take the risk we're the ones who are running the risk because we're we're beholden to pay the employees we've got with us. And, and I know that the most successful businesses are the ones where they've they've worked and got these processes in place. But we as business owners still have sleepless nights sometimes when we don't know if we can pay the bills. But what you're saying here is actually get the process in place. It makes it simple longer term, which yeah. fits into all of the work I do as a business coach, helping people do these things. Mm-hmm. Um, but the key there is getting people to realize it. And as you said, we don't know what we don't know. We know we have to do marketing. We know we've got to do accounting. We know we've got to do HR. But the credit control piece is a different place. And, and I'm just thinking out here. Um, you know, I pay a, a company uh, 
a small sum each month to manage my IT. It's not a big IT network, but it, I pay them to do it because I know I can pick up the phone as a problem. <laughs> do you, and you probably know the answer is, do you see people doing credit control on an outsourced basis that people can buy that service to make those calls? There, there are definitely um, some very good outsourced credit control businesses out, out there. Um, and they, you usually purchase a block of time from them, you know, um, uh, and they will, they will act, uh, some, some do it white labeled. So yeah. your customers will never know that actually um, that you are, you know, that they are not residing within your business. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, there are absolutely people who can do that end of the road chasing piece. But obviously, you're going to end up paying them more if your processes aren't right in the first place. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. So, so um, it's I liken it to a bit like a, a leaky bucket, a leaky roof. Mm. So you know your credit controller or the debt collector, if it gets that far, is the bucket to try and catch as much of that drip as you as you possibly can. Okay. But okay. until you fix the roof, you're just going to keep having that having that bucket emptying out, putting it back again. Yeah. Fix the roof, less will go in the bucket. Yeah. So actually, that's the bit, isn't it? That's about getting the process in place to sort the business out. So we know we've got a team of people that do what we're doing. We've got the communication in place. And actually, it should just make our lives easier. And we can still pass that process to somebody else, but the initial bit has been resolved already. So it's that that short-term pain for longer-term gain, effectively. Yeah, absolutely. So businesses often look to invoice finance as a solution for late-paying clients. And again, that has the same issue. It will kick your it kick the can further down the road. So the problem yeah. is just delayed. Yeah. But actually, unless your processes are right in the first place, your it will come back to to, to bite you because you're you won't be able to make the most use of the facility that you've got because uh, the amount you are able to um to draw down on it will get smaller and smaller and smaller as your age debt builds yeah yeah and interesting isn't it i was thinking about you know the number of businesses that have their overdrafts just in place to run the end of the month but mm -hmm. actually by doing this getting up front we can remove that and it removes a lot of fees as well yeah, yeah so, so so from your perspective we start this conversation up by, by talking when I said that, you know, you help businesses get paid on time. What are the things that you do specifically to help this happen for business owners? And how do you, how do you service these companies we're talking about? What's the service that Nikki Kinton provides? So, yeah, so the primary one is um, a review of what they're currently doing. Okay. Um, um, in that in whole sort of inquiry through to uh, getting paid. Um, and then... Um, that can either be done depending on the business that's either done through a, like a zoom chat and they just take lots of notes yeah. or for the bigger businesses that's a full-on audit with a report and a series of recommendations mm. um, and then from those recommendations we can go on to create a project to implement process improvement okay um, so um, whereas for the micro business that might be a little bit too huge so they might have some you know periods of, of of working with me on a smaller shorter term basis just to fix individual things yeah um, um and one of those being terms and conditions which is something else that i i do i write or review t's and c's for small businesses okay so effectively what i'm hearing is you're a roofer you, I am a roofer, you, yes. You, you fix the roof so I don't have to put my leaky bucket out there. Oh, my bucket out there to put the reef. But actually, you're fixing the problem at root cause. 
yeah. and you're you're resolving those issues before they become a big issue so actually to me that there's a real value to getting someone like yourself in to come and resolve those issues a mm-hmm. lot of business owners um they try and do it all themselves and they forget that actually as you mentioned just now this is a process which will save you money and time and stress in the long term as well mm-hmm. by getting it right up front so you can then focus on the, the business purpose which is supplying the goods and services and creating the change in the world that you want to see if that's where you are as well to do what you do better mm-hmm. fascinating okay i love that so so as we come to a close in that case one other thing what's the what's the one thing you would say if you didn't do anything mr business owner mrs business owner what's the one thing you must do as a result of this call to you say this would change the way your business works what's, what's the one tip you would give um i would i would say the one thing that you must do is is remember it's your is the is the remember it's your money. That's the, mm-hmm. that because that mindset shift and tell yourself that will actually help you to do a lot more than you are currently doing. Mm-hmm. Just that that slight mindset shift, um, you'll feel more um, comfortable with you know making the calls. You'll feel more comfortable potentially having those negotiations right up front. Yeah. Um, so don't be frightened to push back and and give your reasons as to why that won't work for you yeah i love that so 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 that's a real key thing is that mindset is the key thing and the key bit there i'm hearing is you know remember it's your money you provided a, a service or a product for somebody who wanted to buy it from you and therefore actually get that money in i i was laughing about this recently actually because as a coach in fact i was laughing in a in a head in my hand laughing because i'm thinking about the number of times i haven't been paid over the last 15 years uh, and I can count the three three individuals uh, on one hand, luckily. Um, and of course, as coaches, we often charge for our work and invoice in arrears rather than up front. Mm-hmm. And I think the key there is we're, we're relying on people paying for it. And I was thinking about this, you know, you'd never go and buy your petrol or you'd never go and buy your product from a store or walk out of Sainsbury's or Tesco's and then say, I'll pay you in 30 days time. But sometimes we expect our clients to do the same. And actually, that's the wrong mindset. We should be charging for our work and saying, this is the service I can provide. But sometimes that's a difficult thing. For, for a number of business types, it's very difficult to get a customer base to pay up front. Mm. But there are lots and lots of businesses that can do. And I would put consultants and coaching businesses in that in that you know, bracket. Um, because... Uh, at the end, you know, at the end of the day, um, if you can demonstrate that you're providing value, um, yeah. you need to, you know, you you need to reduce the risk as much as possible in your business, and and um, payment upfront is the most obvious way to do that. Yeah. You know, the best way to avoid credit problems is not to offer it in the first place. And by offering a thirty day thirty day invoicing, we're actually offering credit straight away, and we've got thirty days less cash in the bank. Yeah. That's fascinating. There's a note to self to talk to people about getting my invoicing up front, because actually, why wouldn't we do that? We're providing a great service. If we stand by what we're doing, providing people with a service, we can always have a guarantee that says if you don't get value out of what we're doing, you, you know, I know one company, they have a, a, no, no, a short pay guarantee. Mm-hmm. If you don't get value out of the service we're providing this month, then next month you pay us what you think it's worth. 
And I thought that's an interesting one to do. So thank, thank you for that, for a tip just for myself in that case. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. Nikki, I love that. So thank you. Really fascinating conversation. Where can people find you? How do we go about finding you? Uh, so, well, I'm, I'm hanging around on LinkedIn a lot. So you'll see me on there. So look look up uh, my profile on there. Um, I also have a company website, which yep. is confidentcashflow.com. Wonderful. Okay. And I'll put that in the show. We always write good show notes up for this uh, podcast. I'll put that in the, in the podcast show notes so people can catch up with you there. Um, and it sounds like there's a, there's a potential here. If you've got problems in your business, you need to be talking to someone like Nikki. And even if you haven't got problems in, in your business, you need to be talking to someone like Nikki because actually you never know what it might prevent in the future. This is a bit of preventative as well as a fixing later. So really, Nikki, thank you. It's a wonderful conversation. And I hope business owners can go away and listen to this and just hear some of the messages putting out there about the mindset piece. And actually that key tip you've got there, remember it's your money at the end of the day. If you provide a service or a product, it's your money. Why wouldn't you want it in your bank rather than someone else's? Pleasure to talk to you, Nikki. Pleasure to be here. It's been it's been great, great fun. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast as much as I've enjoyed recording it. This is just one of the great conversations I've had the privilege of being part of since I started recording the Sparks Baconian podcast. So please go back and listen to some of the others. There's some great content in there, some great contributors. And also, while you're at it, please leave a review of this show with your comments because that helps other people like you find this content and we want to bring about the change that we really know matters to people it helps us grow and also think about what actions you want to take because there's no point just listening passively we want you to pick it up and do something with it so what are the three key things you want to do i can't hold you accountable but if you want to drop me a note phil at igniumconsult.com we're always keen to listen to what you have to say and actually introduce guests to us that you think will bring relevance to other people we wish you well give us a call Let us know what you think. Give us a review. Thank you.